If your toddler has been diagnosed with autism or is waiting for a diagnosis, you're going to want to pay attention for the next 60 seconds. Happy Ladders is parent-led early autism therapy that empowers you, the parent, to teach your toddler essential developmental skills through play. Studies have shown that the parent-led model is highly effective while eliminating frustration over long wait lists or the worry about losing precious developmental time, all without the disruption of people coming into your home. Happy Ladders includes activities that target 150 essential developmental skills every toddler needs, as well as assessments in four different developmental areas. There's also an exclusive community of parents just like you and professional coaching to ensure success for both you and your toddler. To learn more, get a free trial, and take advantage of an exclusive limited time offer for my listeners, visit happyladders.com. That's H-A-P-P-Y-L-A-D-D-E-R-S. Use the code THEAUTISMDAD at checkout to save 50% off the monthly membership. Plus, get a free one-on-one session as well as access to the Tantrums and Meltdown mini course. This is a limited time offer, so act now. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski, and I've got a really good show for you guys today, so thank you for tuning in. My guest today is Dr. Jasmine Searcy Pate. She earned both of her graduate degrees in clinical psychology from Johns Hopkins University and Jackson State University. In addition, she completed specialized training in child pediatric psychology at Children's Hospital and Clinics of Minnesota and the Department of Defense. As a child pediatric health psychologist and credentialed diabetes mental health provider by the American Diabetes Association, she collaborates with parents, schools, primary care providers and specialty providers to provide assessment therapy and consultation services. She's here today to talk about burnout. Burnout is something that I think impacts so many of us, especially as uh, parents of kids with additional needs. But what is burnout? You know, how does it how does it affect us? So we're going to learn about what burnout is. We're going to learn about what the signs and symptoms of burnout are so that we can recognize it within ourselves or a loved one. We're going to talk about what we can do if we are experiencing burnout to kind of help ourselves through that or help a loved one through that. We're going to talk about what we can do to help eliminate or reduce the risk of experiencing it in the first place. And then we're going to talk about the importance of self-care and how all of this can impact our kids. And finally, we'll take some time and talk about her book, Olivia Takes a Mental Health Day. So thank you for taking the time to come on the show. Absolutely. It's very important in the context of COVID and in the context of all the events that are happening around our world in the context of being a parent to autistic children. So thank you for having me. Could you take just a minute and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Yes. So about me, I am by, from a professional standpoint, I am a licensed clinical psychologist. My specialty is with children and adolescents and pediatric psychology. I've been practicing for over 13 years, and some of the presentations that I specialize in is children who are autistic or who have been diagnosed with autism, children who have undergone traumatic experiences, ADHD, depression, anxiety, and I also do psychological evaluations for parents who are trying to clarify presentations for children, whether it's autism, ADHD, and so on. So little bit about me. So, <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about burnout. Um, I, I know that I have personally experienced burnout probably more times. We all have. <laughs> yeah. Probably more times than what I would like, what I would like to have. Um, and it tends, it, it tends to revolve around me, um, kind of, I, I guess, kind of giving and giving and giving and giving and giving until I have nothing left to give. Or I put everything that I have into my kids until I have nothing left. Like I've spent myself 
empty. And I, I was wondering if you could just help everybody out there to better understand what burnout is, because I think there's some, um, I don't know if there's like negative connotation to it a little bit or, or some misunderstandings about like whether it's a, like it's a sign of weakness or, or something like that. And, and it's, it's not, uh, it's a human thing. So could we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. And so thank you so much for bringing up an important topic. If you're listening out there, parental burnout is real. Burnout is definitely real, just thinking about everything that's going on in the context of our country. But we also think about the viewers on this podcast. When we think about parental burnout, it looks different for everyone. Okay, Rob. So I could be a parent and I could experience emotional detachment, whereas another parent could maybe experience pessimistic thinking, right? I think all of us bring something in our parent-child relationship based on the history that we have and how we were raised by our caregivers. But here are about one to five signs of knowing like, okay, what are the warning signs for me? Or what are the signals that, hey, I possibly need to reach out for support and seek consultation from a professional, whether that's mental health professional, um, spiritual pastor or family member or et cetera. I would say the first sign would be emotional detachment. Oftentimes we're caring for children. If we're caring for children or loved ones who have uh, concerns regarding mental health, health challenges. Oftentimes we are on the go, Rob, like you said, and sometimes that first sign could be emotional numbing or detachment, waking up with the same day and dreading that day. And sometimes that allows us to emotionally detach from our children, right? So we're going out with them to games, to uh, enjoy eating, right? And during that time, we are just detached from the situation. That's one sign. Another one is pessimistic thinking or negative thinking patterns, which could lead to guilt or blame, right? So thinking about things of, oh, I'm dreading this day right? Or I'm dreading waking up to do the same things over and over. And I feel like I don't have any relief from my caretaking responsibilities. That's another sign. Another one is weight gain or sleep concerns, right? Where we're not getting enough sleep or sleeping too much, right? And forgetting about responsibilities of caretaking or parenting for the ones that we love. And that's three, right? And other things could be appetite changes or symptoms because we will likely experience it to some degree of anxiety or depression, right? So anger, irritability, uh, mood difficulties, right? A family member could say, hey, Rob, or hey, Jazz, this week, something's off with you. You're more snappy than usual. Those are also signs of parental burnout. They could all look differently for all of us. So I think the, the one thing is just being aware and asking family members, hey, have I changed? I'm feeling this way, but do you think you've noticed anything within the past week or two weeks for me when we think about parental burnout? So how do you, yeah. uh, and you brought it up at the very end, but a lot of those seem to kind of overlap with symptoms of depression. How do you, how do you know one from the other, I guess, if that makes sense. Between parental burnout and depression. Yes. 
Okay, that's a great question. A lot of they can also they can overlap. So when we think about parental burnout, obviously the signs that I just mentioned, but when we think about parental depression, here are some things. Okay, so there are symptoms: sadness, irritability, loss of appetite, sleep changes. We're popping off as this generation would say are more snappy than usual. <laughs> If we think about symptoms of depression or anxiety, if they're lasting more than two to three weeks at a time, and we're experiencing it every day or maybe five times out of seven days, that's a signal. And that really differentiates us between depression and parental burnout. Parental burnout is more of short term that could lead more so into clinical depression and anxiety. They overlap, but we want to think about the timing and how long we're feeling that way, because oftentimes we could be burned out as a parent, but also could be experiencing clinical depression and anxiety. Okay. What are some of the, even with parenting in general, I mean, parenting in general isn't easy. So I I don't want to take that away from anybody because I'll inevitably hear from people about that. But (laughs) uh, when you're parenting kids with additional needs, it, it ups that challenge in ways that, that are very difficult to understand unless you're kind of living that or you have firsthand experience. What are some of the, what are some of the things that cause burnout in parents? Things that could cause parental burnout is doing the same tasks, demands, schedules every day, right? With no relief, no help, waking up to the same thing. That can lead to burnout. If we already have a history of symptoms of depression or anxiety or any other mental health challenge, that could also expedite signs, right, or Mm -hmm. symptoms of parental burnout too. I think those are the two main things, thinking about parental burnout that could lead us just doing the same thing and not having a support system. Oftentimes when I'm working with family members, I'll say, mom, dad, you two can't be the only ones that are doing this for little Jasmine, right? Who's your support system? Who are the individuals that can give you a break? If we don't have a support system, there are resources in the community. We can also hire help, right, to help us and give us a mental health day if we need one. I think Thinking of those signs or things that can lead up, just not really asking for help in things that may be within us that could expedite us feeling parental burnout as well, such as depression and anxiety. Okay. So if you are prone to things like depression uh, or, or you like I've battled with depression on and off my whole life, are you more prone to things like burnout? If it's not managed, if it's not managed, right? okay. so if one is, you know, or have dealt with anxiety and depression the majority of their life, obviously we have highs and lows, right? So we can have a low, we can have a high, depending on what's going on in our environment. If it's not managed, it can definitely increase your chances of experiencing parental burnout, right? So if someone has does not have those symptoms managed, it can increase our chances of experiencing parental burnout, unfortunately. Okay. Uh, two, I guess this is a two-part question, um, and we probably take it one at a time. When 
when parents are burned out or dealing with depression, that can obviously have an impact on their kids. Yes. How, how can we avoid having that impact our kids and, and what can we do to lessen the impact or reduce the impact of uh, parental burnout? Yes, I think this is a great question, Rob. A lot of parents ask that. I do think using your support system to take a day to step back mm-hmm. and reflect on your own self. Forget everyone else. Forget hubby, wife, kids within that hour, two hours that you're asking to step back and reflecting. And during your reflection, I think parents could really say, has have I changed in the context of the last three months? Am I eating? Have I been going to the gym as usual? Have I been sleeping, right? As I should. Typically, I sleep eight hours a night. Have I begun at least half of those hours? Asking your support system, do you notice or have you noticed any changes within me? Do I, do I, um, when you look at me or interact, do, am I more irritable? Does it, Look like I'm taking care of myself and asking for feedback from your loved ones during that self-reflection. I think that's one way where we can kind of see, hey, I need to stop and think about what's happening here and then press the gear and start driving again to see if I need to reach out for support or see what's happening here. Because oftentimes parents and caregivers often miss these signs until things really start to worsen where people are saying, hey, you need to stop, right? But I think if we're being proactive, maybe every two weeks or once monthly, asking for help and taking a moment to reflect and take a step back to actually reflect on what do we need so that we can continue to push forward for the children that are in our lives. So So we're talking a lot of like self-care type things, right? Mm -hmm. Like you mentioned going- Mindfulness. You mentioned going to the gym, uh, not going to the gym like you normally would would be a sign of, of a potential problem. But going to the gym, like for me, that's an outlet for me. That's like I can be so anxious and I can go to the gym and I can burn off all that anxiety and I don't internalize Absolutely. it. Um, Absolutely. But basically just taking time for yourself to put back uh, so mm-hmm. that you have something to give. the tank back up. Yeah. Yes. My uh, – <laughs> I had a therapist tell me once you have to be selfish before you can be selfless. And I always feel like, because I talk a lot about self care and I always feel like it's so counterintuitive to most people. Like when you say, you know, I think our, our initial approach to parenting is we always put our kids first, no matter what. And I get that. And that's fantastic. But I think it's misguided in some cases and you can spend yourself into physical and emotional bankruptcy. And then what good are you to your kids? Right. So yeah. it, it's, it's, uh, I've found that parents, especially parents of kids with additional needs have a really hard time. They, they feel like they're taken away from their kids in order to put into themselves. And I don't think yeah. it has to be that way or, or at least it shouldn't be viewed that way. Uh, right. I was wondering if you if you see that when you with the people that you work with. Absolutely. So a lot of my caregivers who are taking care of children with 
many mental health challenges, I often, every session, I save about 10 minutes to talk to caregivers and I'll ask mom and dad or grandma, grandpa, how are you taking care of yourself? Walk me through what have we done for self-care this week? And during that time, I'm hoping that parents say, all right, Dr. Jazz or Dr. Cersei, I went to the gym or I practiced mindfulness. I looked into that, right? Mm -hmm. Or I practiced meditation or I went to get my nails done, Dr. Jazz, or even dads. They say, hey, I took a trip or I went out to eat by myself or went to get some ice cream. I always am asking about that because I do, Rob, like you said, I remind parents, if we're not good ourselves, right, independently, we're not going to be or show up emotionally there for our children because children, they can read through the lines. They can, children as young as three or four can ask, mommy, you don't look well. Mommy's stressed or mommy's sad. Children, they can internalize and they know when we need help. We just need to ask them too. So I think that's a very good uh, question, Rob. And I do remind caregivers. So The Calm Compass was created to put positive and proactive parenting strategies into the hands of parents who need them the most. The goal is to empower parents and caregivers with the tools to help their autistic kids at home. The Calm Compass provides skills, guidance, and effective parenting strategies for use with autistic children, teens, and young adults. To learn more, visit thecalmcompass.com. That's T-H-E-C-A-L-M-C-O-M-P-A-S-S.com. For the parents out there who who maybe really struggle with the concept of self-care, what are the negative effects on our kids that can be avoided if we take better care of ourselves? What I tell caregivers, and this is a great question, is that when we model self-care and the importance of our mental health, we are communicating to our children that it's okay to step back for a moment to recover. And that, in turn, positively affects our children when they see this. So I think when we model that self-care and say, daddy is not feeling good today. Daddy's going to take a step back and go get a pedicure, a manicure, or some ice cream, or go walk at the gym. I think that models that self-care mental health and, and prioritizing that. But also our children will learn that in the context of caregiving, even if it's 30 minutes or an hour. So I do think there are positive effects of that. But also when we engage in self-care, think about our brains, right? And the chemicals in our brains, thinking about serotonin or different neurotransmitters that improves mood, we are generating all those positive neurotransmitters to improve our mood, to improve stress levels, anxiety levels when we're engaging in self-care. There's a bunch of research that supports that. So I think by us engaging in those things, our children are seeing it but it also improves our overall level of care too and functioning. And if you, if you wanted to tell parents, um, if there was like one message surrounding self-care that I'm trying to think of how, how, how to ask this, like when we don't take care of ourselves, that can have a negative impact on our kids. We can be, like you mentioned, we could be shorter with them. We can have, uh, shorter less, views, yeah, yeah. Our, Lash our, out more, our pa- be more reactive. Yes, patience <laughs> that you know, the pool of patience we have to pull from can be uh, shallower. <laughs> and yes, yes, you know, I mean, there's there's just all of these things that I, I don't know that we always 
recognize in the moment. Because when I'm experiencing things like this, it's hard for me. I think it takes a certain level of self-awareness to be able to identify this within yourself in the moment, especially if you're a single parent, when you are overwhelmed, like by default every day. But if you, if you don't take care of yourself and you don't do these things, then that can have a negative impact on your kids. It can affect your parenting skills. It can affect your Mm -hmm. ability to uh, spend time or, or, or things like that. And children, children may mix signals within that communication. So dad was reactive. He's mean, therefore he doesn't love me. Right. So children can also receive mixed messages if our parenting is affected because we're not taking care of ourselves. Right. That's a good point. I didn't think about it like that. Yeah. Oh, and kids are really good at blaming themselves for everything that happens. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, if dad's in a bad mood, maybe it's their fault. Maybe they did something wrong uh-huh. and it has uh-huh. nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with work or just, you know, dealing with everyday adult life that can be problematic. That's a really good point. I want to take a couple of minutes and talk about your book because I, oh, such a cool thing. Uh, it's called, <laughs> called Olivia takes a mental health day. Could you, yes. could you tell us a little bit about the book and like what, um, like what inspired you to to write that and what what's the message that you're trying to send? Yes, thank you so much, Rob. I believe in 2021, so I wrote the books in two weeks. I took a sabbatical. So as a psychologist, I take a sabbatical every year for two weeks to do nothing other than what I want to do. And I wrote this book, which was really guided by the U.S. Surgeon General's report about children's mental health needs in the context of COVID. So what they found was that there was increased number of emotional concerns and behavioral concerns, such as depression and anxiety, as well as suicide rates, unfortunately. And so that was the narrative that really drove me to write this book. But also, we always talk about adults, right, mental health, and we often miss the children. So Olivia takes a mental health day, which is in the background, is about a nine-year-old girl named Olivia who decides to take a mental health day after she experiences anxiety and she's diagnosed with a medical diagnosis, which is type 1 diabetes. So in the book, she learns to take a step back to recover and take care of her mental health um, needs, right? But she also connects with friends, a counselor, a psychologist in the book, as well as her team to talk about the challenges that she's facing. The book also has tips on parental burnout and ways to model healthy emotions and behaviors in children as young as five, as, as well as I would say age five to maybe 11 for the book. And so parents could really find additional information if they're listening to the podcast about additional tips that may be helpful. Very cool. In the advent of COVID, I mean, COVID has, has changed. Oh my God, so many things. And I feel like it's still not over yet. Um, but I have found my kids need mental health days. You know, yes. they're, they're just overwhelmed. And it, it feels like, what I, I was very frustrated during the time that we were on, uh, there was remote learning and, and even since we've been back in school, there's so much pressure put on our kids and 
and they're not, it's they're not failing school. They're, they're not struggling. They're, they're like surviving the worst public health crisis of our lifetimes. Yes. And I, yes. and I feel like when we're in the middle of that state testing, which like my kids are doing right now, yes. just creates so much undue stress for what, you know? And, and when my kids get to a point where they are just, they're not sleeping or uh, the stomach aches are a big one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, it's like, you know what, guys, it's, it's Thursday night. We're just going to write Friday off. We're going to just take it easy and just. I think that's right. And, and until COVID, I never really, it, it never really occurred to me, which is really sad, honestly, but it never occurred to me that like kids need mental health breaks as well, mm-hmm. you know, because they, this- well, they're dealing with the same things that we're dealing with as adults, but lack yeah. all of the life experience to, to actually yeah. cope with that. Yeah. Yeah. And if I'm struggling as an adult, what are my kids experiencing? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I don't know about Ohio, but Chicago and other States, our children get five mental health days off. For the entire year, really? yes, I've heard about. Oh, I that. have children. Uh huh. I heard I have children who take mental health days now. Boundaries are placed, so they're not playing video games. They're you know they're actually doing the things necessary. But it has helped so many of the youth that I actually see and treat, but also parents modeling that. So Rob, like you said, Friday we're writing it off. We're we're going to take care of ourselves today. I think that's great modeling to children to say, hey, sometimes it's okay to take a step back. We don't need to always be in drive mode, right? To step back and reflect and kind of take care of ourselves in the context of everything that's going on. One of the things that we're doing in my family, uh, well, more so as the weather gets better, but like we're taking Sundays to take the kids hiking and get out into the woods and just, just get away from the noise and experience nature because it's such a, it's such a positive, it's a grounding experience, I think. And, Mm -hmm. and it removes all of the things and you're not taking your phone to like Pokemon hunt and whatever you're like, you're going to go climb trees or go, you know, get dirty or, you know, like just, um, kid things, right. Where they can just be kids and have fun. We did a, we did an impromptu, uh, trip to Lake Erie not too long ago. Oh, nice. And yes. had no plans on doing that. And it was really cold, but, but that's where we ended up, <laughs> you know, yes. an hour and a half away from home. And, and it was one of the best days that I can remember. The kids just had so much fun and everybody walked away in a better place. You know, it, it didn't, it wasn't like a structured anything. It was just, we just went and did it. Everybody felt better afterwards. And that was a really positive thing. And I think planning activities, whether it's every weekend or how, whatever works for your life, have those, have those experiences because it's, you know, that, that grounding effect of, of, um, it, it gives all the, that anxiety and everything kind of like, um, like a lightning rod or, or a, a ground mm-hmm. on a circuit. It, it gives that all that negative energy, a channel away, you know, and you can, yes. you can just give it back and, and walk away from it. And, yes. uh, yes. I, I wish, I wish people would do that more. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I challenge caregivers, if you're listening, once a month, I think, Rob, that's great. 
planning something for the family, whether it's hiking, it's going to a rock climbing gym, it's something that the family and the children can benefit and experience from to kind of reset and ground everyone back. And then we go back into the world, right? Yeah. To our normal. And, yeah. And it gets, it gets you away from screen time and, and you kind of disconnect mm-hmm. from everything else and you just kind of experience, it's like what my childhood was like, you know, way back yeah. then. And, yes, uh, and mine was too. Yes. Mine you know, too. so it's, yeah. it's, uh, I, I want my kids to have, those experiences so that they can pass that on uh, to their kids and they're not doing it virtually, you know, whenever possible. Um, is there anything else that you wanted parents to, to know just to help them, I guess, be better or. Yeah. Be better for themselves. One thing I want to leave parents with is the idea of knowing that we are not, for our children or cannot be if we're not 100% for ourselves. So if you're listening, definitely take a pause and self-reflect and identify areas, whether it's rest, whether it's eating healthier, whether it's getting back in the gym, whether it's engaging in meditation, taking a step back to see from a values perspective, what do you value and what can you start doing to prevent or decrease parental burnout for yourself. Okay. I do want to leave parents with that. And if you're not sure, if you're not sure as you're reflecting, if you have experienced changes, ask your loved ones, I think, and ask your children, ask your children in your own way. They'll be honest. Does mommy or daddy seem more upset, right? Apologize, of course. (laughs) But I think the children, they will tell you specifically if they're autistic, they'll tell you, you'll don't, if you want to ask, if you want the answers, definitely make sure you don't ask, ask if you don't want the truth. <laughs> yes. And then if you have all the data and let's say you don't know what to do, I say seek out professional support, mental health provider to guide you on how could you be a better parent, even though you're doing everything you need to be doing, but how can you best engage in self-care for your own mental health. I would say that that's what I would leave. Very good advice. It's very good advice. Thank you. Um, Where can, where can they find you? Yes. So if you go to www.searcypediatrics.org, I have resources there. You can, of course, Purchase the book, Olivia Takes a Mental Health Day, and find more information about me. You can send me an email if you have questions after this podcast. And I'll have all that information in the show notes so you guys can just click on it because I can't remember what I had for breakfast today most of the time. <laughs> yes, that's okay. We'll just, yes. you just click on it and you'll be good to go. Um, thank yeah. you so much for your time. I really, Absolutely. really appreciate it. Absolutely. And I appreciate being on your podcast podcast. Let me know how it can be further helpful in the future. So. Absolutely. Thank you very much. And I don't know what date, what is it? All Tuesday? Right. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday. Have a great, Tuesday. yes. Have a great Keep week. Yes. Right? yes. Look, that's the sign and self-reflecting. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know what day it is. Oh God, man. It's, it, it's yeah. Well, thank you again. Have a fantastic uh, rest of your day and uh, we'll be in touch. Absolutely. Thank you, Rob. Before I close things out today, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to Dr. Cersei Pate for taking the time to come on the show and talking to us about burnout. 
such an important topic and we gained a lot of insight and information that I hope you guys are able to apply to your life and better recognize the signs and symptoms in yourself or in a loved one or or hopefully prevent yourself from ever having to experience something like that. So, you know, thank you again for helping educate us. And uh, for more information about Dr. Circe Pate, you can find her at circepediatrics.org. Link will be in the show notes below. You'll be able to check out her book and all of her other information. So again, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. As for me, you can find me at theautismdad.com. All my social links are at the top of the page. You can subscribe and rate this podcast and any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. Just do that for me. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys have a great week and I will talk to you next Monday. All right. Take care. See you. Bye. Autistic kids can sometimes struggle to learn new skills such as riding a bike, reading, or simply having a conversation to a high level of proficiency and automaticity. Brainiac is a brain enhancement program that gets to the root of the problem. It builds stronger brain and body connections that elevate learning capacity within four to six months. Brainiac cross-trains motor movement, visual, auditory, and cognitive thinking connections using fun, interactive video games. Strength and connections allow kids to learn new skills and perform them automatically with more confidence and greater independence. Brainiac is for homes and schools. Visit canoe.com, that's K-I-N-U-U dot com, and be sure to use the code THEAUTISMDAT at checkout to save $500. It's a limited time offer and it will expire on May 31st.